One parent, two kids, 421 national park sites. This is Expedition National Parks. Dispatches and stories from one family's journey to discover the natural, historical, and cultural treasures of the United States. In the early days of our national parks, railroads provided the easiest and sometimes only means of access to their natural wonders. That link continues today with Trails and Rails, a partnership between the National Park Service and Amtrak that brings the national park experience on board for the benefit and enjoyment of Amtrak passengers. October 2020 marks the 20th anniversary of the Trails and Rails program, a partnership between Amtrak and the National Park Service. As you just heard in an excerpt from a National Park Service promotional video, railroads have had a long and special connection to the national parks. In fact, Union Pacific and the Chicago and Northwestern formed the Bureau of Service to the National Parks and Resorts in 1903, more than a decade before the founding of the National Park Service. The NPS and railroads were closely together as many national parks at the beginning could only be reached via rail. The railroads featured the majestic beauty of the parks in their advertising campaigns. In addition to providing transportation, railroads also constructed lodging and other facility at the main national parks, which exist to this day. Building on this tradition, Trails and Rails National Park Service volunteers on select trains share stories about parks and other places of interest along the route. They help travelers make connections between what they are seeing out the window to American history and culture. We were lucky to interview Jim Michoka, who came up with the idea and has led the program and other related projects since the inception. My name is Jim Michoka. I'm the uh, national coordinator for the partnership between Amtrak and the National Park Service, which is known as the Trails and Rails Program. And uh, I'm actually part of the uh, or the original creator of the program from way back when. It came out as a fluke, and I've been with the Park Service since. 1974. So yes, I've been around for a long time. So partnership between, as I said, the Department of Recreation, Park and Tourism Science at Texas A&M and Amtrak. And the idea is to put volunteers on board the trains throughout the country, basically on select trains, in which these guides share information about what's outside the window. we're sort of the audio piece to maybe whatever people are looking out. If you're watching TV, you're watching National Geographic or the Travel Channel, and you turn the volume off, it's a lot of great pictures and you know mountains and fish or whatever it happens to be, but you don't hear anything. So we bring the audio to the window uh, and say, you know, it's such a mountain. We just crossed this much up here. Such and such battlefield took place here. Uh, we're going to be coming up on such and such national parks or a site or a state park or a local area. If you're planning to uh, stop there, here's some information that we have. We also have traditionally carried little tangible objects that are related to the route. So depending on where the route was, New Orleans, you know, we may have brought along some musical instruments or some of the uh, stuffed critters uh, or furs of some of the animals that you may find along the route that people could touch and see. We had people in living history costumes that came on board the train and, you know, whether it was Civil War related or Civil Rights related, uh, they would uh, come on board and uh, present these programs. So, you know, it varied between six and 700 volunteers across the country that were uh, providing these on education programs. The Park Service director liked it 
and really supports it because it's a chance for the Park Service to reach out to non-traditional audiences. A lot of passengers from demographics on Amtrak have not visited national parks or not familiar with the state park system. And so it's our chance to market ourselves to a whole different gambit of uh, the topic to our uh, Trails Rose coordinators across the country about reboarding. I mean, we're branding it as reboarding trails and rails, but it's basically reinventing or re-imaging it to fit the current situation is we've always t- traveled in teams of two with our trails and rails volunteers. So now when we do come back on board, you know, we have to take into consideration, okay, how do our volunteers social distance with each other? What personal protective equipment do they bring? The items that they used to bring along, do we bring them along now because can people touch them? Is that a good idea or not a good idea now? Uh, so these items, um, where do we board? How do you safely social distance between passengers, Amtrak employees, and what you're trying to say? And uh, Amtrak has new restrictions on how many people can be in such and such places. And so with us in there, does that reduce the number of folks that can actually be in there? And uh, we've also walked the train where we've gone up and down the train, seeing if anybody had any questions. Uh, now, is that practical or not practical to do some of this stuff? How close do we get? Don't get with these objects that we used to ca- carry. They would travel in a suitcase, and we used to leave them at a train station so that the crews could just go into the closet of the train station, grab and take it on the train. Is that still workable now? That you know, leaving this unattended bag there with all these items inside of it is that practical? Uh, you know, brochures and literature. Do we have that available anymore? So how do we do trails and rails under these new conditions and what can we do? And so it's going to be a close relationship with Amtrak saying, well, here's our guidelines. We only allow 30% capacity in the, uh, in the lounge car now. So we don't have these huge audiences. So maybe that's a good thing for us. That, okay, you know, we, because with that reduced audiences in the lounge car, then uh, you know, we can still stay in there. And that's our group that we'll be talking to, you know, again, Today was the first day that we brought it up, or I brought it up to the crew. Is, you know, I'm looking at volunteers on how we reinvent this stuff. So our long-term for folks. Uh, the two components that I talked about earlier, you know, recruiting, we used to have folks come into the building or to the park and we talk to them about the program. Well, now it's probably better to do it online. Same thing with the training is that are bringing people into the uh, a park and putting them in the auditorium or visitor center and uh, trying to do the training. Maybe it's better to do the training online as well. So the recruiting and the training of all these volunteers now moves to an online aspect of uh, with webinars and you know interacting with ourselves like you and I are doing right now mm-hmm. with questions and video and things like that. But uh, you know again. Where do we meet in the train station? And even, you know, somebody brought up, well, you know, how do we do ticketing now? You know, is it, can it be a contactless ticketing? Because we have these special tickets that are provided to us, mm-hmm. which we hand it over to the conductor. And so there are just all kinds of little things that, you know, are operational procedures that we'll take from the ground up and analyze and hopefully have something ready by, you know, targeted April 21. Uh, Say, okay, here's our new operational standards. 
Right. So for the next kind of season. Yeah. Some, yeah, some operate all year, but a lot, a lot are in the summer, right? Yeah, well, we're, since we're gone now, nobody will come back until at least April of 21. And it, it, they'll have to be operating under whatever Amtrak these guidelines and us come together and agree on is how we do it. So, you know, and a lot of our programs have uh, volunteers that are in that vulnerable group. And so what do we do with them? Can, you know, you say, okay, you know, they can't go on the train anymore or... They say they know the risk that are involved, and you sign away that I understand the risk of being on that closed, confined quarters. So just a, it's a lot of things to look at, and I'm sure that as this group pulls together, that things that I haven't even thought about that you know, um, the junior ranger books. You know, how, are we going to be able to pass them out after we just got to creating these brand new junior ranger books? It's a national junior ranger book. It's the railroad. Ex- yeah. So that's the one that, you know, we just got printed. And so now what do we do with them? And, you know, we're not handing out badges to these things that are touch things. And- well, we've been traveling and since COVID and they, they deputized me to give them some, you know, so it's like a one, a one-off. Oh, okay. So, but I don't know. I mean, I think every this was in in the early days before the spike, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, and, and then you know, I'm sure we have to work on being flexible and adaptable. And so, you know, ideas that you talked about, we give to one person, and they'll have to distribute it to their family or you know, whatever we're doing. So, I, I just I can't visualize all the things that we're going to have to be going through between now and people when we have to finish our product. This, what we want to do. And now it is time for our outdoor org feature. Do you want to help diversify public lands and outdoor spaces? We're encouraging our listeners to look to the leaders who are making changes within the outdoors industry to fight for social justice within the outdoor spaces. Alongside other content creators, this month we're featuring the Charles Rantry Bloom Project at CR Bloom Project on Instagram, whose mission is to create a space of communal healing for youth impacted by incarceration by facilitating healing-centered outdoor experiences and culturally relevant environmental education that will help them envision new possibilities for their lives, for their communities, and for our world. Check out our social media channels for more information on the organization and how to donate to this great cause. The partnership between Amtrak, Texas A&M, and uh, National Park Service. Wow. And can you tell us a little bit about the other products and, and that were developed through this, this partnership? And, and maybe the, a little bit more about the, the department, because it's the tourism. And- yeah, it's the Department of Recreation, Park, and Tourism Sciences here at Texas A&M. And uh, it's been really great because you have, in the field of academics, you have a lot of these researchers and folks that are working on PhD projects and things like that. So it was a chance to see, oh, here's a couple of uh, uh, folks that I could use to work with on some of the projects. It's one of the classes that they have is an interpretation class. And uh, the professor there had asked about, you know, is there anything that we can do to help you? And so we talked about a podcast. Uh, a series of podcasts so we put it together with the kids or the students i should say and they did the research we chose the route from uh, new orleans to los angeles on the sunset limited and from san antonio to chicago as the ones that we would 
try to create a, a podcast with them. So probably in a year and a half time, it came together and, um, you know, Amtrak funded part of it to put it together. And it's been a really good podcast that, you know, it's out of date now, but it's uh, the concept was there of making it work, having the students get credit for doing the research. So in the, in the other times in between, they've worked on um, some of the brochures for us, promoting the uh, Trails and Rails program. They've worked on some of the marketing aspects of, uh, of Trails and Rails, you know, working with Amtrak on s- some of their research activities, um, tourism opportunities that you know they would work with us on events that Amtrak was interested in, promoting Trails and Rails in the national parks, and the students would work on us as sort of event planning for some of these things. So it's been a really good uh, partnership since 2005, and the people from the academic side have been really supportive. Uh, one of my colleagues now is, you know, knows trails and rails as, as well as I do, and she, uh, you know, she's answering any of the questions about it. And still very much involved as we kind of reshape trails and rails, you know, in the uh, COVID era of how do we move a lot of the stuff from in-person training and recruiting to online type stuff and training since they, they have the experiences of, you know, online classes for quite a few years and it's new to me and to us. So saying, okay, we can do the training that we traditionally did in a classroom for our guides. We can now do it online. Here's the syllabus. The, uh, we worked on creating a uh, accredited internship program with universities so that, Students can now spend a semester with the Trails and Rails program as an onboard guide uh, and earn college credit for that. And so we've created a syllabus for that type of uh, program. And then the volunteer recruiting aspects of it now is to move that to online that uh, we can send out information about, you know, like the Park Service is recruiting for Trails and Rails volunteers in. Uh, Santa Barbara area of California. And if you're interested in finding out more about it, join us online at 10 o'clock in the morning on such and such date. And we've got a little package put together that you know, talks about the park there, about the program, what you see, what you do, what's the criteria for all that. And so now we, uh, you know, it's kind of laid out templates for education and recruiting for volunteers, which then spills into the volunteer program at large. It's gone beyond the Amtrak volunteer aspects of it where if a park is having a beach cleanup and they need volunteers, well, we can do this online and recruit volunteers and explain it to them using what you guys created. We rode the Southwest Chief in 2017 and we're lucky to have volunteer rangers between Old Ben's Fort National Historic Site in La Junta, Colorado and Albuquerque, New Mexico. We learned so much from them when we were able to do the Junior Ranger program. Since we don't have audio from that journey, the following is an excerpt from the National Park Service Trails and Rails video to give you an idea of what you expect on a journey. During the Revolution, George Washington considered West Point the most important strategic position in America. In 1780, the British forces, which still occupied New York City, realized that taking West Point by force would be a very difficult task and hatched another plan. And that's where Benedict Arnold, who up to that point had been a genuine battlefield hero, came in. 
He had been plotting his treasonous affair for months, and in fact had George Washington assign him to the post as commander of all the defenses in the West Point region, which Arnold intended to betray to the British. By accident, his go-between was captured in Terrytown on his way back to New York, and Arnold's plan unraveled. Minutes before he would have been exposed, Arnold fled his headquarters on the shore opposite West Point and ordered his men to row him downriver several miles to the waiting British ship, aptly named the Vulture, which was anchored off Croton Point, where we boarded the train. We are so grateful to the many volunteers who make the Trails and Rails program possible. 2020 marks the 50th anniversary of the Volunteers in Park program. In a fiscal year 2018, there are more than 300,000 volunteers who altogether donated 7 million hours of service. Trails and Rails volunteers share their motivations for participating in the program in recent videos produced to celebrate the anniversary. Embark on a virtual Trails and Rails tour on the Crescent, Texas Eagle, and Coast Starlight by checking out the videos. A link to the video is in the episode description, and if you are interested in volunteering, please go to volunteer.gov. To me, being a part of Trails and Rails is a tribute to my maternal grandfather, who was a Pullman porter out of Chicago, and my paternal grandparents who loved train travel and took several trips from Chicago to San Diego. To be able to talk to travelers from around the country and the world who want to come to Illinois or who are just passing through is amazing. Travelers come to the cafe or observation car to not only listen to our historical stories and see what they can from the train, but also to become engaged in what they are experiencing. These interactions are what truly make it rewarding, not to mention wearing a green baseball trails and rails cap. It's an added plus. Well, I enjoy riding trains, and I enjoy talking with people about the joy of riding trains. When we invite people to the cafe cart, we would do presentations, sometimes based upon where we're at on the route of the train, or you can do a presentation based upon what has captured that passenger's interest at the moment. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expedition National Parks. A reminder to please support the Charles Ranchy Bloom Project. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what topics you would like to see in future episodes. As always, remember the Junior Ranger motto, explore, learn, and protect.